This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. What's up and welcome back to, oh my God, that scared the hell out of me. Kind of funny's the Mandalorian breakdown for episode three. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes <laughs> and I am joined by <laughs> the sad boy himself, Barrett Courtney. Tonks day, am I right, Tim? <laughs> oh, you're so right, Barrett. You're so right. And rounding out the group for today is the one and only Anthony Carboni. Is it Tongs Day? Man, Tongs Day feels like the new Bendu Day. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> if I heard it once, I've heard it a thousand times. Uh, of course, Sage would be joining us, but she's out there living her best life right now, doing some fun she's stuff. She's Uh Yeah, dude. She's doing the Tron stuff at Disney World. I am she's getting lost in computers. So jealous. She's... I just want to do that. I just want to let everyone know, like, my heart is racing right now. Because, like, normally we hear the intro as it plays, and it, like, kind of, like, sets the tone Hypes, and boom. Hi- no. Hypes us up a little bit, you know? The, for some reason, the audio for us didn't play. So it was just dead silent, and all of a sudden, the things go off <laughs> more delayed than I expected. So that <laughs> that hit real hard. Uh, but anyways, of course, this is Kind of Funny Screencast. You can watch it every week on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny or RoosterTeeth.com. You can get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny Screencast, and we'll be right there for you. Uh, we've been doing weekly breakdowns of every Last of Us episode. Uh, we had Troy Baker on for the episode he was in, and then we did a full and who's season. He, he, you, you might have known him as Joel in the original Last of Us oh, game, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carboni. You know, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very pretty huh, you man. You think I would have heard of Troy Baker by now? You, you would have thought. You so, would have thought. He was so heard important. Huh. We also had uh, Neil Druckmann on our spoiler cast for the entire season, uh, and that was a banger. You should definitely check that out in all the same places I just mentioned. Uh, and over on the in review side. There's so many movies coming out. It's a great time to be alive. Uh, our Creed 3 review is up. Our Scream 6 review is up. Uh, we For Patreon, or no, no, sorry. Next week we're doing, uh, next Monday will be Shazam 2. And then the following Monday will be John Wick Chapter 4. It just keep, the hits just keep coming. A 10 out of 10 from IGN. I can't wait. I really can't wait. Uh, but yeah, If it was really good, they would have given it an 11. That's the True. thing. That's the thing, man. Figure <laughs> it know? out, IGN. Jesus. Um, today we're brought to you by Honey, but I'll tell you about that later. But if you don't want to hear the ads, remember, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny. Just like our Patreon producers, Nathan Lamothe, Tripod Plus Plus, Trent Berry, James Hastings, and Casey Andrew have all done. Thank you. We love your support. Carboni, what would you think of episode three of this show? I loved it. I love episode three. You know I'm a Dr. Pershing fan. Uh, <laughs> and to see our boy Penn Pershing come back. Love to get pershed. Whichever Penn Pershing this may be um i i really enjoyed it i um there was a lot of lore dropping in this one too which i thought was very very interesting they somebody was just in the office that week going throw this in see what happens throw this in see what happens and i really enjoyed it (laughs) yeah yeah barrett what about you uh yeah last week we kind of were theorizing like where the rest of the season goes 
uh, are they going to build up to anything exciting after, you know, already doing the, the bathing in the minds of Mandalore and all that stuff. And yeah, this was, this is exactly what I was looking for in episode three is, uh, season two. It took a couple of episodes to ramp up to like what they're going to eventually build towards. And yeah, we got a lot of interesting stuff in the, uh, last night's episode. Um, and, and, and I loved that it you know, it was, it didn't have a lot of Mando himself in it, but it didn't feel out of place like, you know, an entire Mando episode in uh, Book of Boba Fett, oh, right? I disagree I, with you there. Oh, interesting. Uh, see, I, I, to me, it's building up to interesting stuff that I think is going to pay off in this show. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, but yeah, a lot, of, a lot of cool stuff to theorize about. You know, I love visiting Coruscant, and man, we saw so much goddamn Coruscant. Uh, a lot of fun, uh, or not a lot, but some good space battles as well in the the, the intro there, um, and some fun things building up with Bo-Katan and stuff that we talked about last week that I, I think that uh, might be interesting for her character uh, to build up through uh, this season. So yeah, I I was a huge fan after the first two weeks of being like, all right, this is this is this is fun. This is you know kind of what I would expect from early Mando, but this was you know. Finally shifting into third gear in the third episode. I don't even know if third gear is a good gear. Kevin, is that a good gear? <laughs> What's the is third gear it's a top a, tier it's gear? It's a medium gear. It's, yeah. a, it's a medium, medium gear. gear. All right. Yeah. It's exactly the go. middle gear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we talk a lot about how somewhere along the line, um, and it was probably somewhere around the time they did a Mandalorian episode in Book of Boba Fett, we we're just like, these are it's weekly Star Wars. Like it's mm. the Star Wars show and yeah. like what it's actually called. It seems like they really don't give a shit about it. And um, I do think that I that this episode was a great time. And um, there was a, a lot of good stuff there. We're talking about the lore, talking about where we're going. I liked it with this show. I have no idea. Like, are they going to continue the storyline? Or is it going to be finished next episode? Or is it going to be completed in a different show? Mm. I don't know. I don't really care. I feel like they're building uh, something with uh, across all the different shows that they have, across the different time periods. Um, we have to work with what the movies gave us. There's the timeline. These events happen. There's these different groups. I like that they're going back and being like, all right, let's try to explain the New Republic. Let's set them up as total fucking buffoons yeah. because that makes sense when the Empire fell. They were like, cool, we have to figure out what what's the rebellion turn into. And when they're when you win and you set up the new standards and you kind of adopt some of the bad things the Empire did. Yep then it's going to be kind of easy to topple you when the first order comes around, which I feel like we're starting to see some of the, the early seeds to that as which well. Which is like, not a lot of well, like explanation new- we got from the sequel trilogy exactly. of like, what's the power dynamic here? Who's controlling most of the guys? Are they both st- like, yeah. And so yeah. The, there's some interesting stuff there. And I think sure. it's really, well, it's, go it's, for it, come on. it's a lot like, you know, it's a lot like showing that the new Republic is making a lot of the same mistakes that the Republic made. It's this idea of like, if if you look at the idea of star Wars as sort of like, that's okay. Show every, show everybody I'm connected to on discord. Let's, let's <laughs> go. Let's go. Let's see how the sausage baby. Um, if you see how, um, if you, if you use star Wars as the metaphor for current day politics, the idea of when one party gets current day American politics, which is what it usually reflects, um, when one party gets into power, they sort of go, "Great, now we're back in power, so we'll just do it the way we did it last time." Yep. Because now we're back, and we'll just do it the right way, because our way is the right way. And you see a lot of the old Republic and the new Republic doing a lot of the same stuff, you know, like giving 
well, Imperials, you got to earn having a name again. You're you have a call sign number designation. You're just yeah. like a name on a form to us, the same way the clones were. There's no reason to think of you as anything else. And they're just kind of overly bureaucratic and they're just showing all the problems that they had before. Yeah, that stuff really works for me. And especially coming straight off of Andor, like this kind of felt like in if in the same way that it felt like we got Mando episodes in uh, Book of Boba Fett, it kind of felt like we got an Andor episode in Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. I do think it still was written like a Mandalorian episode, though, and it was like, it looks like a Mandalorian episode. Yeah. Um, but I, I liked going to, to seeing some of the lower Coruscant, like we did on Andor, and even just like the way they dealt, dealt with the the stuff and um, the the them having the numbers instead of names and all that stuff. It felt very much like the jail stuff from, mm -hmm. from Andor. And I just it like... It felt weird, like uh, it, it was like a slight taste of dystopian, which I enjoyed, yeah. where mm -hmm. it's like you know, a lot of the dystopian things we see is usually under the guise of the empire, right? And so I, I thought it was an interesting kind of 180 to not have it be full dystopian, but still have like a little bit of like, shit's still falling apart here, but we're going to give it the, give the presence like, you know, we, uh, you know, know what we're doing. And I love at the beginning where Pershing's talking to, you know, the wealthy people of Coruscant and they're like, mm -hmm. the one guy is like, oh yeah, I almost got drafted to the you know, to the Empire, to the uh, Rebels, who fucking knows? I don't care. And it's like, that's that's some real shit right there. It is, yeah. yeah. Go for it, uh, Anthony. Yeah, no, I, I, I really loved all of that. I love seeing Pershing... Um, I love seeing Pershing giving that big impassioned speech at the beginning where it's like, hey, I'm, I was just trying to do some cool, some cool stuff, and I'm trying to save lives, and this is a simple technology that could really help. And then, you know, you see him and it's like, well, you're a very, very good scientist and we're going to parade you around as as proof of our very good program. But then when we don't need somebody to be doing press for our very good program, you're sitting in a uh, in a in a in a desk, not unlike the desk that our uh, that our boy in uh, Andor was sitting in, our imperial boy in Andor, who's, who's Space should just be trying to eat. He's just trying to eat his cereal. Yeah. you know yeah without dude. his mom bugging him but they're both they're both put in the same in the same cubicles so i love that 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 opening though was where they started the big lore drop and the big lore drop just did not end though with his uh with his beginning speech where they're bringing in the kaminoans they're bringing love in a kaminoan casting, you know strand like they brought in strand casting they really like they're really letting us know that they're setting up don't worry by the time we've done what we want to do with star wars tv you're gonna be okay with the emperor showing up in rise of skywalker 100%. like they've really take they've really taken that on as their as their assignment with star wars tv stuff yeah. you know yeah so and when it's so gonna when be messy Cameron, like, I think it's so going to take a long time to get there, and it's going to be messy as all shit, it took a but long, like, I'm along be, for the ride. It took a long time with Clone Wars, you know? Like, it took, it and like the goal for Clone Wars was, let's contextualize Anakin's fall a little bit better. And, yeah, that was not an easy task to do. In my eyes, they, they did it, but that's also, like, a lot for the viewer to be invested into, to have that actually pay off, and I think... You know, the Filoni way, it's probably going to be something similar here, um, but I'm, I'm interested to see how they go there. I mean, this does, like, what we got from this episode is, uh, if I had to bet, I would think that this was originally Rangers of the New Republic stuff that they have now kind of retrofitted into oh. the Mandalorian story going forward. I think like, that's probably true. At least elements of it, right? And, um, of course, they all connect, and they've, they've talked about it as, like, the, the Mandoverse kind of connecting. And right. so, like, that makes a lot of sense. But I do like... 
for how long the runtime was of this episode. We got so much, and I feel like it was good. I was giddy when I saw the runtime. Yeah, I was I like, know. ooh, Morgan, something juicy. I think it's the longest Mando ever, uh, really? which is pretty cool. But um, I thought they did. They used it well too. Like there was, I thought, um, great setup and payoffs for the multiple storylines going. Whether it was the, um, the the doctor situation going on with like with that woman who was awesome. I don't know her name, but oh, she badass. gave her she gave her name near Eli- the end. Her she has a name now. She she didn't have a name when she was on uh when she was on Moff Gideon's ship, but her new name is Alia Kane. But is and, is that even her real name? Yeah, I don't the way that they no. she delivered her name, I was oh. like, we're either supposed to know that as a reference, and I can't wait for these guys. Or to that's tell some me, made up. Shit. Or she's lying. Yeah, <laughs> she's um, she, and she may not be lying. It may not matter to her to give her real name at this point. Like, but it's just, it, I think it came off weird because we were because we all thought the same thing in the moment, which was, was I supposed to know her name already? Did she already give that? And the answer is no, she never did. Yeah, she never did. But this setup, I mean, okay, we talked last week about how I see a lot of people talking during TV shows these days about filler episodes, right? You get a lot of talk about filler episodes. And this episode, because it was not a lot of Mando and because there were, I have not looked at the discourse, but this is something that I think a lot of people would consider like this is a filler episode. This doesn't have anything to do with the main these story. Kids, these kids throwing out the word filler never watched an anime. That's what they I'm don't saying. know what an episode is. <laughs> it's a television show. Is. It's an episode. <laughs> it's a story. And <laughs> it goes in and it tells a whole story. And then next week, there's another one. It's an episode. So I, I, I really did enjoy this, though, because I think this is setting up so much stuff. And also... I just loved these two characters and this story. Yeah. Like this as an... This is an origin for Elia Kane, who mm-hmm. may be helping Moff Gideon get come back, maybe working for somebody else, right? You hear these, you hear these uh, officers sitting at their officer table drinking their Lego sake, and they're like, yo, I heard Moff Gideon disappeared or died on the way to the tribunal. I heard, no, I heard, man, they you they killed him. I heard like they're they're Epsteining him. Like they're doing like Epstein theories about Moff Gideon. Yeah. And like, where is he? Is he alive? Is he coming back? Is he the big bad? There was another big bad that was hinted at Barrett. Barrett. Was there a specific like the moment? The what? The, um, the warlords, the, them talking about... Oh, yeah, when, yeah, yeah. When, when Bo-Katan and, and Mando say, yo, this is too big a fleet for some imperial warlord. Yeah. This is not, you know, this is not that. This is something bigger. Uh, and we know that Ahsoka's looking for it. We know that... Uh, there's a bunch of stuff going on right now. Yeah, we know he's back in some capacity because she, at least in season two, she's asking people who would know um, where he is and uh, that have uh, more uh, empire ties. So that is interesting. Because in my head, when Thrawn comes back, he's, you know, he's coming back from, uh, slight spoilers, uh, space whales, you know, and he's not well connected anymore like he used to be. Um, and so, but that, that's interesting to see if, uh, if he's actually been back for a, a little longer than I've expected. And he's, yeah. he's already regained a little bit of his... Uh, uh, seat at the table speaking of that it scene could be, it could be gideon and it could be somebody else too we don't know yeah absolutely it could be some combination of them working together or something so that's like, a, that's an surprise that's an interesting uh, takeaway of like how you guys felt uh thrawn was being teased 
Because in uh, my head, throughout the meat of the episode, what's her? What's the officer's name? Aaliyah? Aria? Aria Stark? Aaliyah Kane. Aaliyah Kane. Um, To me, it felt like like she's under orders from somebody to go after this guy. Uh, and in my head, it's like, all right, Gideon. Is she? I, my my think, read I, on it is that she's just a firm supporter of Gideon, and she's just like trying to like weed out the um, what well, not sympathizers, what amnesty program people. Yeah. like who is my, still rocking for Gideon and who's not? Well, not just that. I think I think she is trying to her her mission had nothing to do with Pershing. I think her mission was to infiltrate. Yeah, and so saw, and I think she's being told by someone to do that. And someone who would be thinking about how to infiltrate uh, things and thinking fucking six steps ahead on how to easily dismantle uh, trust in the New Republic would be Thrawn. Uh, And so that was my takeaway from it, because if Gideon's either dead or missing, I don't know if he would have been the one to give her that order to like, all right, infiltrate this program and all that stuff. That was my end where I was like. Someone's giving her that order uh, to to be on this mission to to infiltrate, and I and I think that's thrown. Langley um, Neely in the chat says Gideon asked her to do something for him last time we saw her. I don't remember that. So that was in the um, that was in the uh, like recap. It was like really quick where she has a shot where it's like, "What do you have for me?" or or, or whatever it was. But I, I think that was someone else that she was talking to. So yeah, she yeah. called herself a communications officer, but you got the feeling that she was she was much more than that to mm-hmm. Gideon. Yeah. from the scenes and from from how close they were and how emotional she was about things that were going down like she like like Elias stuff in the first two seasons was mostly reaction shots and you can tell that she was somebody who was very very invested so it's entirely possible she was yeah. more important to Gideon than we thought I love the amount of dog fights we're getting in the show <sighs> and like they look mm-hmm. great like I I feel like this is a in my opinion not a pretty show oftentimes but mm-hmm. I think that the dog fight stuff really works for some reason yeah, and I, I think they maybe, stand out and, and i think that they look good like they look closer to movie quality than i would have expected and the choreography is fantastic it's like super engaging and fun to see the the ships go through the the ed, where mando uh flies up the n1 and then like Here. has it like float back like, like fall back he does down the batwing. he does the batwing he does yes. the batwing and like yo that was freaking <laughs> awesome seeing the n1 with ties i just always love when we get different era type stuff like that and like they're really delivering there but Bo-Katan's ship is awesome. Like, the way that the, the wings move. So and when she cool. does that, like, drift thing and pulls up one of them, I'm like, this is mm-hmm. fucking awesome. Like, yeah. I yeah. really, really, really hope that one day we get a Rogue Squadron movie. I know that the one that is announced is, like, probably canceled and all that stuff. But, like, especially after seeing Top Gun Maverick, I want a Star Wars Top Gun Maverick. Like, it'd be yes. so fucking good. Yes, 100%. 100%. You know, talking about that that sort of stuff, I did love seeing... I love seeing that Bo-Katan is able to air brake turns so fast that it messes with the artificial gravity. Like that's fun to see. Uh, but something that happens in that early scene, like right before the um, right before the dogfight, when Mando says this is the way and Grogu mumbles, and you can yes! tell he's trying oh, yeah. to say this is the way. It's coming, baby. <laughs> it's coming. Everyone's been like, what's his first words gonna be? It's probably gonna be this, this is, is the, the way, way, right? Oh my god. It is it's either gonna be this is the way or it's gonna be listen. We know that it's got to be for all, for all of our hearts. It's got to be Daddy. No, he's got to look at he's the gotta, Daddy bit. He's got to call. They he's got to call. 
the Mandalorian. His because it's not a Pedro Pascal thing. I mean, it is, but it's it not. is. It is. And that's why I feel not. like they're going to lean away from it because of and all the recent daddy stuff. They're going to lean in so hard. They did a. Oh. It's a trap joke in this Barrett. But, they're going to lean in. But yeah. on the they, other side, y'all were convinced that we were going to get a big monster fight this episode, and we didn't. That no, was not this episode. Okay. okay. By okay. the end of the season. That's what I'm saying. I'm still holding out on that. It's Chekhov's Mythosaur. I'm going to say it's coming back. But that's the thing is like we weren't – people weren't hoping, hoping, hoping. Like it's not a meme to have a Mythosaur battle, (laughs) but they will lean into a meme. Like Grogu only eats cuter and cuter things now. Yes. That is a fact. Like like he only messes with more and more stuff. Yeah. Well, he was just trying to hug Babu Frick. That's what you think. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) There's a look in his little eyes. Dude, that, that kid eats. That kid eats living things. We know that. Mostly frog-based, but I yeah. would not be surprised if it wasn't. He loves a good frog. Eating. You know, I, I want to talk a little bit about that woman right there. It doesn't look like I'm pointing at her, but I, I guarantee. Thank it's you. Me. Thank you. Bo-Katan. Uh, but I want to do that after a word from our sponsors. I'm every woman. Shout out to Honey for sponsoring this episode. Honey is the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. And thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. And we all know there's nothing better than the feeling of saving money. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. When you check out, the Honey button appears and all you have to do is click apply coupons. You wait a few seconds, you see the fun little dancing guy. Honey searches for coupons and it finds you the best ones. And then you just watch the prices drop. We here at Kind of Funny have been using Honey for years and it's helped us save thousands on tech, costumes, food, you name it. Honestly, I just love how easy it is to just set and forget and save. That's the best part. Honey doesn't just work on desktops, it works on your phone too. You just activate it on Safari on your phone, you save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. You can get PayPal Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash kinda funny. That's joinhoney.com slash kinda funny. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. I saw all the, oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I want to talk about Bo-Katan because I really like the direction that they're taking her in this story. And I appreciate what they did in this episode. Them starting off right where we left off last time. We get the whole nice um, situation going on with the the doctor and all that. But then we also, what we get of Mando and Grogu and and Bo in this, I thought was a nice little bow on part of the story and like a a push off uh, 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 towards where, where we might be headed with this. And I love the flipped ideologies of Mando and, and Bo, of both of them kind of learning about e- each other's views of what it means to be a Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And now her adopting the way and having the helmet on and like 
it's it's interesting because they can take it a lot of different uh, directions, but I like her after we've seen her being sat on her chair because Sasha Banks left her. Um, now kind of looking mean? to religion to kind of like absolve her of that. And like in the same way that uh, Mando had to go to the, the mines that he didn't believe were still there, and now he believes, so he's more on both sides of the understanding of this. He now ha has, you know, dealt with his sins or whatever, and now he's back in the game. But now she's also doing the same thing, and I'm just really interested on where they're going to go with it because I still think that at the end of the day, the armor is going to be an antagonist, and the Mandalorians yeah. are going to have to come up with a new set of rules. But I don't how know do we about get antagonist? I, I know we keep saying antagonist, but I, I don't think it's going to be that strong. But I do think that there will be something where where we see that the armor being stuck in these ways and being the being the head of these ways is going to lead to conflict within uh within the watch i do think you're right there i don't think i don't think it's as bad as she's going to be a full-on antagonist but i do think she is completely representative of the old ways and i think we're going to see that old ways and new ways are both just a little too the same way empire and rebellion are just a little too similar in bad ways yeah um and and the titles of these episodes what i've noticed are very interesting in that they can talk about multiple characters per episode. Oh, yeah. You know, the first, you know, when we talk about the apostate, it was talking about Din, but it was also talking about Bo. Yeah. Everybody had left Bo alone as well. When we talk about the convert here, uh, we are talking about a couple of people. We're talking about, uh, you think initially Pershing. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then it becomes, oh no, we're talking about Bo Katan. Bo, yo. Uh, um, and so I love, I, I love the, the sort of parallels that we're setting up in all this. And, Seeing Bo-Katan just like crumple emotionally under the weight of people just welcoming her and congratulating her unconditionally, uh, which, by the way, hard thing to pull off when all of your characters are in helmets. Yeah, but, but they I did. Like, see, but I like, felt she it. killed it. She really crushed that performance there. Like, it, it, um, her in in this episode reminded me a lot of Andrew Garfield, um, in Spider Boys, uh, in Amazing Spider Man Two, where it's like mm -hmm. we don't see somebody act like Spider Man that well often, and it's all him with the mask. We don't need to take off the mask every five fucking seconds. It's like his body language sold it. Her, yes. the way that she moved, I was I believe that she believes. I believe that at least mm. for this moment, she's like, this is what I need in my life, and I'm like, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I, I I loved her seeing the uh the. What, what is it called? The mythosaur? Uh-huh. Um, like, logo, the thing on the wall at the end of just, like, this... It, it feels almost like a challenge for her to, mm -hmm. like, maybe stick to these ideals and see where this takes her and see if this is a, a, a better direction for her to become the leader of uh, uh, Mandalore. Like, she's kind of been wanting for a while. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I, I really loved uh, all of that in the beginning. And I, we were kind of talking about this... Um, during the ad break, I think it's interesting that, yeah, she did not bring up the Mythosaur to Mando mm. at all. That, like, she was just kind of, she was asking him of, like, you know, do you see anything down there? And, like, I wonder if it's, like, she doesn't want to tell him for a couple of reasons of, like, yeah, maybe in the back of her mind it is, like, uh, uh, what you guys are saying. of She wants to uh, be the one to... Uh, master it by the end of this season and we do get a bow the uh mythosaur fight uh where she uh bests it and it becomes her uh 
you know, uh, a little, a little pet guy, or yeah. like I wonder if she even believes that she actually saw what she saw. Straight up, well, uh, there's definitely the religious and like spiritual side of yeah. it. Yeah, yes. just as valid. But you want to talk about your anime moments? This is this is the the kid, the pro tag, seeing some sort of animal in the forest and having that quiet moment with the animal in the well, forest. Well, well, you know who, what I who, mean? Who's yeah. the Pokemon you always bring up at the end of uh, Pokemon Season One or whatever with Ash Ketchup? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like that. We're yeah. seeing him next week, just, baby. Where it's just you, she's seeing it, and it's a connection to her. It's a connection to the old ways, right? The mythosaur is a legend, right? Like, oh, Mandalore the Mandalore the Ultimate or Mandalore the Great. I forget which one is canon and which one isn't. But Mandalore, <laughs> but Mandalore. I think it's Mandalore the Great in canon. Mandalore the Great comes and um and and conquers the mythosaur but the mythosaur is an extinct beast nobody's seen a mythosaur mm. and so it's sort of to her it's like oh the minds of mandalore are magical and i had to i had to memorize all this stuff but now mando comes back and saves her she saves him she sees it down in the waters which are not even supposed to be deep right you know um and then she goes back and she sees the mythosaur skull she sees the old ways she didn't see what was in the armorer's black cauldron there but like what was that helmet, that was by the way? Yeah, that Storon ass Mandalorian helmet that was in her, her that was in her. Oh, I totally uh, missed that. Her cauldron. Huh. Yeah, she puts the living waters in, and they react uh-huh. with with the cauldron. You see, oh, there's, there's some, something in the water there. There's oh, some helmet there. Now, here's why you didn't notice, Barrett. I watched this episode on my iPad because fuck HDR and fuck the brightness <laughs> of these shows. And so oh, I, I saw more details than fine. you did. But it was also you thought like, the brightness was fine, but you didn't see the whole helmet It was there. 1240 in the fucking morning, all right, Carboni? I'm fucking uh, yeah, out of it at that point. it was point. dark. <laughs> it was night and it was dark. <laughs> um. Yeah, can I talk about some of this? Uh, This this was a lore drop episode, and I want to I want to get a lot of this a lot of this stuff out of the way. So first of all, I want to talk about some of the stuff that was mentioned. We talked about strand casting already. We talked about the Kaminoans, um, the the first incarnation of Doctor Pershing. I'm not convinced this is the same Doctor Pershing. The first incarnation of Doctor Pershing. Holy shit! That would be. Do you remember? But that's the first. The first incarnation of Dr. Pershing was wearing an I'm a clone patch from Camino. Do you remember that? If you were a clone, you had to wear yes. the patch that had the two people on it. In, Pershing was one, wearing two, that. Pershing was wearing that. And I could have sworn we saw Pershing get blasted. So I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, could be, I could be digging That's too deep That's such an here. interesting thing, especially of like what happens to him at the end of this episode, which, which we'll have to talk about. Uh, in its own separate conversation, but that'd be so interesting. Of, yeah. Fuck! What the hell, man? Wow, that is he did. He did have he did have like a bit of a burnt, like singed ear. Yeah, but like they that. also did destroy his lab, so maybe he came out a little crispy. I don't know. But so here's the thing. Um, he uh, so they talk about all this old stuff, and first of all, they had. Um, they uh, they had Pershing's driver is mentioning all this cool stuff to do on Coruscant, and it's all stuff. He mentions three uh, kind of like um, 
cool things to do and on the, Coruscant. The, the, little, the little driver boy who looks like the original concept for uh, C-3PO a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And uh, the things that were that were mentioned were like all from the uh, the Jedi Academy series of Legends novels. Mm. So it was all stuff that was introduced in Coruscant that they're bringing back. So things like the botanical garden and the dome and stuff like that. Um, now, they also mentioned uh, this creature which is the Mantabog of Malastare. And the Mantabog of Malastare is from the old uh, West End Games Star Wars RPG. Good and they're boy. these giant, like, they look like big blankets, and they fly, and they swoop down on you and just swallow you up. Um, yeah, it's pretty rad. Um, so they talk about that. Um, they also, I don't know if you heard. Oh, yeah. But when they were in the, um, when they were in their little drink, suck it on their led pops um they the music in rise the of the resistance is the is the resistance which theme. is so is the john cool williams resistance theme because, but played like a played like a fucking carnival that doesn't matter theme but what's great about <laughs> it is like carnival but i also think that it, it this is a deeper connection thinking back to solo where diegetically in solo they yeah when he's getting recruited he's getting recruited there's the imperial it. march playing and it's like propaganda music almost i like that mm -hmm. this kind of feels like propaganda music in the yes. same same way but it's the resistance theme that shit was awesome i was like this yeah. is yeah. really like damn cool it was um, really cool i i loved everything that was going on with that i like the um the kind of new lore that they were popping in about uh about coruscant with coruscant the, uh, accords I the mountain the mountain just the mountain is yeah. just like this is the highest mountain on Coruscant. Because have they it's ever really like, addressed that of like there actually being like a planet, like actual Earth underneath this entire city? It was so wild. It's so I don't know. I mean, you you know that it has to be true, but you don't think about how high up these cities have to be. Right. Like uh, they talk about it. I think they talk about it in the High Republic a little bit, but we haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. um so because you know we haven't seen i mean I, maybe they showed it in the comics i don't know but high republic stuff talks about it okay. um but yeah they also but yeah you were talking about the coruscant accords which is the uh the galactic concordance between the republic and the empire um and one of the things they apparently prohibit is cloning for very good reasons uh turns out they were right to prohibit cloning somehow palpatine has returned but um <laughs> It's that's the inciting incident that sort of uh, makes our guy Pershing, who just wants to do good, just wants to do his best. And uh, I, I was so because they're they're talking about the the convert again, multiple meetings there, and I, I felt that even when the episode title popped up, I was like, this I feel it already a little bit with Bo and like uh, it, with the episode description, I knew that we were going to get a little bit of a Coruscant Pershing accent. I was like, huh, I wonder what, uh, where we're going with this. And I was convinced what uh, Aaliyah was uh, trying to do was, like, I, the way that she, the, the uh, actor performed this character, I thought was so fucking good. Because the entire time, I knew she was up to something. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah and But, like, Pershing is just kind of like a, kind of, you know, the sm smartest dumb person, or dumbest smart person, you know, who can't kind of see through that mm -hmm. stuff. And uh, I thought that she was going to, like, in her, you know ways of through powerful suggestion you know maybe maybe use, use your cloning for you know some of the stuff that you know the my boss wants to do you know yeah um, when she initially said we can help you with that i was like first order first order first order and i thought she was going to introduce him 
to some, you know, some of the beginnings of the first some free order. thinkers, you know, because it has free to be thinkers. soon, right? Because like this, yeah. If I always forget this, but at this point, we're what eight years, nine years after Jedi, because this is mm-hmm. a couple of years after season yep. two. Yeah, so it's like that means we're twenty years out from what we see in Force Awakens. So, yeah. man, yeah, twenty years wild. is like in Star Wars time. I mean, I guess like the entire rise and fall of the empire was all was in within 25 years i think yeah roughly. so that's yeah. that's interesting there yeah i also love what alaya was doing the way she the way she sort of gets pershing to do stuff is really funny even when when you talk about the the mountain and the touching of the mountain mm-hmm. and it's like that's against the rules she's like go ahead go on do it and just the just the moment of him <laughs> just do it just, just a little bit just do it just just touch it just it's just the tip just touch the tip of the mountain so when when she has him touch the mountain and like nothing really happens right the little droid comes out and says no she's conditioning him and it was mm-hmm. such a good moment when you look at that in 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 hindsight where it's just like it's cool. See, you break the rules a little bit. Nothing happens. Yep. Yeah. And she's just pushing him further and further and further. And there was something very sinister to the way she was playing it the whole time. Mm-hmm. The whole time. I love it. And her taking him to the like abandoned Star Destroyer. Nothing mm-hmm. cooler than that shit. Like it's just we the, love an abandoned the, Star the reveal Destroyer. shot. I'm like, this is great. And then them walking around in it. I'm like, this is just cool shit, man. Yeah. Well, and not just like what we find out is in those yards. It's not just it's not just Imperial stuff, even though it's thought of as Imperial stuff. Yeah. We find out that they've decommissioned everything. Because of so Mothma. You, right. And so when you hear about like well, why weren't they ready for the First Order when the First Order came? What's going on? We're seeing some of that now, right? Like, we're seeing the idea of, like, well, we decommissioned all of these They got these comfortable ships. with their victory, you know? We're not cloning. We're not, we're not building weapons. We're not doing any of that stuff. And so they just weren't ready. I don't really like that as a message, but I understand it as, like, a, a need for the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it just shows that they were just resting on their laurels and they didn't really care. As a sort of like subtext, it makes me feel a little icky because it's about like how you have to constantly stay militarized to be ready. But um, for the story, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the end of the episode as we wrap this guy up, Barrett. Um, yeah, just, uh, my, my big question with uh, Pershing here with uh, how fucked up it ends with his story of you know he's like this is a mind flare like uh you know yes. you guys are gonna wipe my memory and he's like oh no it's just a little oh. tickle it just gives you some good memories oh. and, and i want to know how Aaliyah, aria whatever the fuck her name is i'm never gonna get it right alaya how, how is she gonna walk away from that when it's like very clear of like all right the one dude walks out of the room and then she ramps up the machine like, obviously, he's going to come out of that super fucked up, and no one's going to yeah. be like, but I guess, you know, New Republic's, uh, you know. It was a, a cool buffoons. moment, though. It was a cool moment. Like, I understand what you're saying, but the fallout of that moment, gonna, they're going to need to make it make sense. But the thing that I loved about that was the was the idea of like, oh, no, no, no. This is not a mind flayer. This is the cool New Republic version. And this and that, that and knob. That scene was we like kept another that moment. Knob. Yeah. yeah. Like we we would never use the knob, but we just keep the knob around. Exactly. You know what and I mean? that was like a little bit of the, you know, not Andor level, but man, 
and a level of dystopian that I enjoyed. You know, that it was that it was you know the check ins with the droid of do you do you feel any yep. uh, uh, resentment towards the, oh. the new republic? And I, I thought all of that was very good and uh, very this cool. team watched some Andor and was like, oh, yeah. oh are we allowed to do that? <laughs> are we allowed to get? S- slightly a uh, maybe pg-13 a, a little We're bit like, oh okay this is something we do all right great <laughs> yeah it's let's all do it exciting times man let's let's close this one out any any closing thoughts carboni yeah i love this episode a lot i hated seeing my boy pershing done dirtying but dirty but uh I have maybe a we'll see another clone of him i think love we've got that. some more pershings on the way <laughs> some some cooler better pershings that uh that may do some really neat stuff in the future but uh aside from their aside from the um the boba fett style editing where it's like we're sticking with one story the whole way through and then showing you the second story i loved everything about this i could use some more intercutting but that's just a stylistic thing from my busted attention span mm-hmm. other than that i loved everything that went on in this episode i like what we're doing with bo katan and i like that we're leading up to a big, big bad in an, in, in a season that feels very episodic so far. Yeah. I'm having a great time with it. Uh, I, I just love how they're just throwing a lot of shit into the stew. And I think that at the end of the day, after it gets all stirred up, it's going to be a good stew. Is it going to be the best food I ever had? Probably not. But so far, I'm like, hey, I, I appreciate what you're doing. You're delivering on the cool Star Wars shit. And you're dabbling with a little bit more adult themes and and trying to make real TV. And I appreciate that. I'd rather them attempt it than just completely not try it all. So as long as you. the stew has some Star Wars Rebels flavoring by the end of this season, like I'll, I'll be a happy boy, you know, and that's I think a, it's already all, in there for you, baby. Yeah, but it's it, it, right now. It's just like they, they put in a little shake. And I, I want to see. Stu's got a simmer. I it's know. Gotta I know. I, I, again, you know, we we started in a gear one and then we got it <laughs> over to gear three and they you know we'll get to you know gear nine i assume uh yeah at some it's point. probably nine yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah I'm, I'm very excited for the rest of the season uh even more so than i was at the end of episode two let us know in the comments below how excited you are uh for the rest of this season carboni where can people find you uh, you can find me everywhere on the internet at a Carboni, except for Twitch, where I'm at Anthony Carboni. Twitch, you cowards, it's mine. Give it back to me. And uh, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, you can find me uh, over on twitch.tv slash Pixel Circus uh, in the mornings with Sage, uh, who's tronning it up right now. But we normally do a, a news show Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So go check that out. Hell yes. Until next time, of course, be with you. Tonks Day. Right? I'm a rise bender day, baby. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>